0: What's going on, guys? It's Mike from LRMOnline.com coming with you. A new podcast for the week should have came out last week, but we had some technical difficulties, Mark and I had. So we've upgraded some of the equipment and software that we've had, and we recorded our podcast Friday night, and for some odd reason, the file that I had saved, it's nowhere to be found on my computer or on my iPad anywhere. So technical difficulties always happen and they always seem to happen at the wrong time. So after two and a half days of searching for the file, it kind of just said forget it and we'll um, kind of redo the things. But uh, scheduling conflicts, Mark could not be here today to kind of recap what we talked about. So I'm just going to do a quick recap of all the things we talked about. Um, over the podcast and you got us set up for this upcoming week when we'll have two uh, episodes this week on one on um, Wednesday night and it will be probably po- posted on Thursday early Thursday morning and then another one Friday night as well um, doing a recap of all the shows so um, not a whole lot to talk about that we did um, we basically covered Gotham uh, a little bit about Luke Cage and then some of the other weekly news uh, pieces but. Uh, just kind of going over Gotham. It was the second episode. Uh, you know, Mark does the reviews for it. And um, like he said in his review, that the the feed from Fox came in a little... Uh, sound-wise came a little bad. Um, and so you couldn't really get all the details from the dialogue. Uh, It seemed like there was an echo issue with the background music and so it would cover up a lot of the dialogue and it was very difficult uh, to listen to and watch and after about 10 minutes of watching it, I switched over to the Fox app um, and watched it that way and it came in fine. Um, So anytime you ever have issues with your satellite or cable, make sure to check out any of the local service provider's apps and you can always get the live stream that way. Um but going into episode 2 had three main um positions on it. Number 1, the Court of Owls kind of exposed itself to Bruce Wayne, not necessarily a whole plethora of details of what they're all about and you know what's the plan moving forward, but it was a one-on-one confrontation um with the leader of the Court of Owls and Bruce Wayne to kind of show each other's hands up. Um, and both Mark and I agree that this is kind of good. It's probably the main focal point for a while of this season um, in the Bruce Wayne storyline. And it was good to see him kind of step up to the the role of being Bruce and the leader of Wayne Enterprises. last episode. And then this episode, he kind of, you know, showed his hand a little too fast, a little too ambitious in trying to take down um, the uh, Court of Owls or who, whoever he thought it was going to be. Um, t- uh, controlling Wayne, uh, Wayne Enterprises from behind the scenes. So uh, we both agree that Bruce's character has definitely staged um, a better growth this season, even though it's only been uh, two episodes. We've seen him kind of are starting to become the man that he will become uh, as the Bruce Wayne slash Batman character as his you know, younger 20s to you know, mid-20s in that Batman year one stage. Um, so the court of owls is definitely one of the newer, uh, villains in the Batman plethora of, uh, the rogues gallery. Um, and so this interpretation of the court of owls as we see is very similar to what we see in the comic books and that nostalgic. Um, so where the difference is, is that in the Court of Owls from the comic books, it's a major play on Damian Wayne to try to convert him over to to join the Court of Owls and leave Bruce. In this one, it's it seems like the Court of Owls is trying to, you know, lure Bruce into you know the um, universe that they've created, but it seems like that's going to come to to a head, and that's going to be Bruce's main challenge for the season. Um, we also had the culmination of the Fish Mooney storyline, Penguin storyline, where we finally saw Fish get her man in Hugo Strange, um, using some of the um, pet projects that Hugo has created to get, you know, herself to Hugo, so that Hugo could try to. Um, save her eh, because it seems like now that fish is using her power she's slowly but surely dying Um, penguin at the same time is using all of his resources allocating all his resources to try to put an end to fish mooney because of his vendetta from season one Um, and we both agreed that this was kind of the storyline in the middle that didn't really, we're glad it's over with and we're glad it's done because neither Fish Mooney or Hugo Strange really needed to carry over into season three. Um, Fish had her storyline season one and kind of done with that. Um, you know, it, it didn't make sense, you know, when I was talking about it, it really didn't make sense for Fish Mooney's character in this whole, um, whole universe that we have now with Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne and everything because season one we saw Fish kind of go in her own direction and you know, get abducted and be in a a hospital and all these other crazy things that had nothing to do with the Bruce Wayne Batman universe. And so when they brought her back, thinking that it was going to change, it really didn't, and it became her own story once again and just needed to go away. Um, Not that I hate uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character or Fish Mooney's character, I just didn't think it fit really well into the Gotham storyline. The good of all those storylines is now we've got some of the... Um, the Batman's Rogues Gallery out of the way um, per se. You know Hugo's kind of done. Um, we'll still get Killer Croc, and we've got a couple other the lesser knowns uh, still to be put about um, on the show. Uh, Penguin storyline kind of compelling. This is kind of his his growth from being just a regular gangster mom person to being a man of the people. Because uh, for those of you who are not. Really into the Batman universe and the early Batman comics is Penguin's not really that bad of a bad guy. Um, he's more of a opportunistic and he takes advantage of situations. Um, so what we see is is that in the comics, Batman, I'm sorry, Penguin uses the manipulation and um, TV news media to. Manipulate the people of Gotham into thinking that he's a good guy, and ultimately gets his power and his fame. And even in the small bits in the comics, tries to make a run for mayor, which was used in Batman Returns with Danny DeVito. And so it looks like we're going to see that in Gotham, where Penguin um, will try to make a race to become mayor, and that will make a big shift in the underworlds with the mob and everything Um, so it would be interesting to see how that plays out Um, Mark thinks that you know that was that storyline needed to end but to see Penguin come in into fruition and see him take on the role that we're accustomed to and seeing to was really good the third storyline really quickly to kind of wrap things up on this episode of Gotham was the introduction of Maggie Geha Who is playing um, Poison Ivy, and the adult version of Pamela uh, Ivy? So um, we saw the end of Claire Folley's interpretation as a young girl Ivy, to now we have the adult Ivy. Um, We saw her get picked up by a gentleman um, and taken, you know, to his home to take care of her, kind of get her where she needed to be, and. It's funny, out of all the houses to go to, that they picked, you know, it's ironic that she goes to this house where the guy doesn't really take care of plants, and then that becomes her, like, new thing, because we never really saw that in the early seasons of Gotham where Ivy really, you know, took care of plants or, you know, had a a fascination with them, maybe in one or two episodes of season one, but it kind of just went away from there. Um, So... The I the funny part that Mark thought about was that you had this single guy living by himself, but then we see at the very end of the episode, Maggie slips into this tight green dress, and you know we notice that she has killed the the man who helped her out, and he's kind of like, where in the world does he have a you know a green dress that fits her and stuff? So uh, little little things like that it always uh, kind of bugs Mark, or you know it looks at it and kind of just laughs at it. So overall. Um, it wasn't as strong of an episode we both agreed as the season premiere but it was a step in the right direction the positives that come out of it is that the the fish mooney storyline is not officially closed but at least closed for this time being hugo strange is out of the way penguin makes his way up into the rankings of being the people's man and um You know the Court of Owls making their presence. A couple of question marks, like slash negatives, is we still don't understand the Bruce Wayne doppelganger we saw at the very end. He comes to Bruce Wayne's house and sneaks in through the back door, which seems like everybody can sneak into the back door. Wayne Manor um, has the worst security system in the world. Um, And then the other kind of negative aspect we took away from it is that. Um, the Jim Gordon, Valerie Vale, and the very, very end of the episode with uh, Lee coming back into the frame. Um, it seems like it's going to be like kind of a love triangle issue going on. And Mark will agree um, that the kind of negative or big negatives from Gotham has been the, the, the trying to make a storyline into this sh- love St- love storyline into the show work and it really doesn't um we know that we kind of have to l- see that because eventually jim's got to have a daughter named barbara and somehow some way it's going to be with either barbara lee or valerie vale or who knows maybe jim gordon is the father of vicky vale who knows um so episode two good not great um not as good as uh the season premiere but Still have our fingers crossed in hopes it's still going in the right direction like it did with season two. Uh, moving on, um, we had the premiere of Luke Cage come out on Netflix, and all the shows have been um, released. I now, at the time of this recording, I I'm through s- episode four. Um, at the time when we recorded, I only watched the first forty-five minutes of episode one. I had about ten minutes or five, ten minutes left of episode one. This show. Um, is so different than anything that Marvel has tried to create, even from the Daredevil line. I know that you know the comparisons, um, you know, from this show to Daredevil. Some people you know saw similarities, but to me, this is the more adult show. Um. This is not for kids, this is not even, I would say, for, for teenagers, you know, 14 or younger. Um, maybe a 15-year-old, if I had a son at 15, I would let him watch the show, but this is a very, very adult show. This is something that I think DC was trying to get across in the, the movies, you know, trying to do this adult theme, more serious tone, but... It works. It works really well. Um, how it's going to all link together in Defenders is going to be kind of interesting because the other shows, the Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones, it's kind of that borderline. I, like I always told my friends about Daredevil when they were first kind of iffy about it. I was like, look, it's got the serious tone to it. It's got the, uh, the action for an adult. But at the same time, it doesn't have... A lot of cursing it doesn't have any type of sex scenes in it that would make you cringe if you were watching it with say you know a 12 or a 13 year old and stuff like that so um you know they did a great job in daredevil with charlie cox's character as matt murdoch and not really being the you know the ladies man but not overindulging it into the sex scenes this show with luke cage it's got everything for the adults um it's got you know, the language, the tone, the attitude, um, the, you not nudity per se, but the sexual innuendos and everything. Um, this is a definitely very, very adult show. Now, that being said, I think it's still great for being an adult. This is, um, one of the better shows. I, I wasn't a humongous fan of Jessica Jones. I watched this the entire season. Um, you know, it, Daredevil is, you know, if I had to rate the the Marvel shows, Daredevil is still number one. Luke Cage, number two. Jessica Jones, number three. And I know I take a lot of heat for that, especially from some of my colleagues. They think Jessica Jones was amazing, which is is, not saying that Jessica Jones was bad at all. But at the same time, um, out of all of it, you know, taking it in, um, I think Punisher will probably be up there with that Luke Cage type of theme. Um, I don't know. Uh, how we already know the violence is going to be there, but, you know, language-wise and everything, I think it will will probably be right up there um, with it. So, um, through four episodes, I'm not going to go too much detail of it, but characters are great. Cottonmouth, probably the best villain, I think, so far um, in the Marvel Universe. I know Kingpin with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is Excellent, but to me, this interpretation of Cottonmouth is is right up there, and I think just in general, the bad guys on this show um, take away from the mythic world that was in Daredevil season two. Um, these were this was the best uh, villain so far in the Marvel universe, even better than uh, Loki, Tom Hiddleston's version of Loki. Um, it's something that Marvel. Netflix-wise, has got going in the right direction as they got the villains down pat. Everywhere else, Marvel is kind of hit or miss, and same thing with DC. DC has been very hit or, you know, a lot of misses, especially recently. Um, so far, they're probably the best villain in the DC new universe. Um, it's got to be Zod, but, you know, Lex Luthor and um, the Suicide Squad villains with... Um, June Moon and and you know, what's his Incubus and everything have just been whiffs, um and that's kind of the same thing that the Marvel universe has been on except for Loki and the Avengers and I'll say that just in the Avengers because Loki and Thor's either movie Thor Dark World or the first Thor hasn't to me done anything but the this version of Loki and Avengers was the one who led the way. Now you have the Marvel TV shows that have done it. So, um, Luke Cage, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. If you don't have a Netflix account, um, you could sign up. I believe they're still doing the 30 day free trial, watch all the Marvel TV shows and then make that decision from there. Um, I think that was what we covered television shows wise. Cause it was a kind of a slow week. All uh, the main shows come back on television. Um, <laughs> this this week that we'll be covering um fear the walking dead is ending this weekend and or just ended this past weekend so um i'll be doing a quick review show over that and give you my thoughts on that and then moving into walking dead and then we got flash arrow supergirl legends tomorrow uh agents of shields back on but we haven't got anybody um to cover that yet but we will uh i think that's about it so um news for the week um we got a couple television news stories. Um, Amazon, who has been in the network tele or not network, but um, uh, subscription television uh, business now for about three years, they uh, started a, a new season, a uh, new series of The Tick, um, and it went so successful; it was actually the most watched uh, Amazon show from their own lineup that they have now ordered it to series so it looks like we'll probably be getting more than um, two or three seasons out of this probably four or five it looks like Um, and that's very important for amazon is to establish some shows that they can continue to finance and moving forward what's significant about it is that the tick kind of shows um, that you can breathe life into an old 80s 90s uh, you know entity and make it you know relevant still today Uh, for those of you guys who are as old as I am you guys remember the two versions of the Tick uh, the cartoon show and then the live action show Um, the cartoon was probably lasted a lot uh, a little bit longer than the live action show I think the live action show was just two seasons the cartoon version lasted I believe it was four to five seasons in cartoon world so um, it's good to see that so if you're a fan of the Tick make sure you check out Amazon's Subscription service to watch season one, and then look out for. uh, We'll be on the lookout for more news of when uh, season two uh, should be start filming up. Um, Staying with Amazon, um, Amazon Prime and Twitch have now made a business merging um, or business partnership together, and they're coming out with what's called Twitch Prime, which will now for those uh, gamers out there, um, you can now if you have an Amazon Prime account you can now access games and get them uh, special uh, downloadable what you call it I went for a blank Um, special downloadable um, sorry guys I went for a blank that's the problem when you podcast by yourself but um, Twitch Prime, you'll be able to get special content to download a little bit earlier from games you order through Amazon, uh, Twitch Prime, um, so with a PlayStation 4, Xbox One account. I think they're going to do a PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 as well, um, as, as well as online through your computers and apps, is that you'll be able to access the game a little bit earlier and... Um, the content that normally comes through Amazon now is available through Twitch Prime. So it's a su- subscription service. It's $99 a year um, or $10.99 a month. You can get a 30-day free trial about it. Uh, they send you, um, depending on the content that you choose as your preference or what you're into, they'll send you um, free stuff along with it, the, the extra stuff that you order on there. So it's kind of a, a new thing for gamers to kind of check out um, it, it's trying to not necessarily compete directly with GameFly, but it gives you that special, um, you know, incentive to order through Amazon Prime your games and to get download free downloadable downloadable stuff. Gosh, I'm having a tough, tough time talking today. Um, TV news: Frank Darabont is going or is continuing to his lawsuit against AMC, um, asking upwards of over 200 million dollars. Um, if you guys don't know who Frank Darabont is, he was the showrunner for uh, the walking dead and season one and the beginning of season two until he was let go and why this is important to latch on to is that if this lawsuit does become successful for frank darabont frank darabont will gain a ton of money at the same time amc is going to lose a ton of money and what will end up happening is is those rights um In properties do have to get shared with Frank Darabont is that the future of Walking Dead could be in limbo. Is it serious? Probably not, but you still have to pay attention to it because things like this have happened before where network televisions have had to shut down shows because of lawsuits like this. So, um, the next piece of news, um, WWE's Raw had the worst non-holiday ratings um, since 1996 coming off the E or just right after Clash of the Champions pay-per-view and Mark had a lot of say about this. Mark was um, kind of venting and you know um, him being a big fan of WWE I keep tabs on it not as closely as Mark does but um, when you get into this Ordeal is that he said that, you know, when you have a pay-per-view like Clash of the Champions, when all the belts are on the line and only one belt changes, you're going to see backlash no matter what. And that's exactly what the viewers did, is that, that, you know, you pay good money for the WWE Network, you pay this money for um, pay-per-views, and you expect to be entertained. And at the same time, you don't expect for all the belts to change, but you expect more than just one to be to change. And when that happens you know good and well the next night that nothing else is going to happen from that. And so um, you saw a big dip in the WWE ratings. And it's shocking because WWE has been on the up and up these past six to seven months. Um, now getting promotions on ESPN, the Divas division has really just jumped up and spiked up really, really well. And the, you know there's more fans into women's wrestling. NXT has done really well. So it was kind of shocking what Mark was explaining is that you have all these good things, and then one bad night can kind of bring you in a downward spiral. So um, does he didn't really think this was going to be a lasting effect, um, but it just shows that the power is still in the people, that if you don't like what you watch, then you can have a big impact on the future of shows or companies. Um, the last two Uh, pieces of business we talked about really quick on the last, or the missing podcast episode as I'm going to call it now um, is the NES Classic is now taking um, its official pre-orders in the United States Uh, it's set to release in November um, and this is where you get 30 games downloaded into a miniature version of the NES that you can plug in HDMI or um, uh, just regular AVI input and um, it comes with one controller. If you want to buy another controller, it's going to be 9.99 or no, 10.99. I'm sorry. So um, we we're talking about all the great games that are going to be on there: Super Mario, Super Mario 2, Super Mario 3, Legends of Zelda, Castlevania, um, Contra. We believe is on there. Um, and so for 30 games for 60 bucks, it's not a bad deal, especially the old NES games. Um, that you can sit around and just kind of with your friends have you know some good old fun fat old-fashioned fun and not have to worry about codes or any other type of combination of buttons and everything that's just straight up a and b um, so other countries have already sold out on their pre-sales uh, any nintendo was expecting to um, sell out of their pre-sales here coming in the next week or so so if you haven't pre-ordered yours yet and you want one, you might want to i'm gonna probably hold out until either christmas time or after christmas after christmas time to get one um and to see kind of what the next stage is for games added on to that console because if it's just 30 games i may just stick to my emulators and play them uh, on my computer but if there's a, a you know a definite path for more games to be added on then i'll definitely invest in it And then the last thing we talked about in the news was that the National Retail Federation took a survey uh, this past two weeks and something that kind of was semi-surprising but not really surprising is that of adult males, the number one costume or person to go as for and dress up as is Halloween, for adult males is Batman, for adult females is Harley Quinn. And we just kind of, Mark and I discussed about how ironic it is, is that with all the crap that DC movies have taken in this past year, it's still funny how people still want to dress up like these characters. So it's not that people hate Batman and hate Harley Quinn or hate Wonder Woman or hate Superman. It's just the the versions that the, we've seen from the Warner Brothers DC universe has not been the best that the audience wants it to see as. Um, but and then we also talk about how... Um, going into the conventions these past couple months and you know, previously how Harley Quinn has been more and more and more, especially with suicide squad, um, uh, interpreted cosplay wise amongst females, Batman wise, it's been about the same, but we will say is that we see more Batman cosplayers, um, than we do, uh, on the normal, uh, probably the number one cosplaying costume that I've seen this past year is Deadpool. And that's all dealing with, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds movie coming out in last February. Um, And if it wasn't for that movie, probably Deadpool would not be as popular as he is uh, in that sense. So it kind of shows you that these movies have a direct impact in sales and everything. So um, that was our wrap-up show, and you know, from the missing episode. Well, hopefully... We don't lose this episode and come back to it. Um, Make sure you check us out Wednesday night, Friday or Thursday morning. Um, We'll have it posted. We're having an interview um, with Sarah Carter. You guys might remember her from uh, Falling Skies. She's starring in a new movie, or it's going to be coming out um, in um, October 2017. It's a remake of Nesperatu. Um, It's a 1922 silent film, that kind of getting a more modern revamp um, saga to it, Uh, and so we'll be discussing that movie with her along with with her time on Falling Skies and all the other TV shows she's been a part of. Um, And then on Friday, we'll be doing our recap episode of all the shows that premiered this week, Um, and I'll also have on Friday a kind of recap review episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, so that's it for me guys make sure you check out our podcast later on Uh, let us know what you guys think i know you guys probably wanted to hear mark and we will get him on the show back i promise you that but we're going through a bunch of new equipment and adding on and so it's um and basically you know the headaches of adding new equipment and new software is that you get some of these things so we'll definitely have our our stuff together for wednesday um and friday this week so make sure you check us out then also check out our weekly podcast from Los Fanboys, where Kelvin, Mario, and Joseph talk about all the um, the weekly news updates from film, TV, and um, comics and video games as well. If it you know has a direct impact, they also have exclusive interviews on there as well. Make sure you check out Comic Uno's weekly roundup that she posts every Monday and gives your her, her thoughts on. Movies, TV shows, comics she's read. Um, it's kind of insightful. And it's a little bit different than our normal podcast we have on LRM TV and Los Fanboys. So it's definitely worth checking out. And then last, make sure you check out the Weekend Warriors uh, weekly editorial that he posts out on his views on the upcoming movies. Uh, in blockbuster movies and indie films that will be coming out and his kind of take on how well he thinks they're going to be doing he also has a lot of interviews he he posts up throughout the week so make sure you check those out so that's it for me Um, I promise you Mark will be back and we'll be back on a better schedule now uh, with everything that's going on thanks for listening see you guys later